I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Hey friend, is your lack of remote skills stopping you from taking the leap to land an online gig or start an online business? Or maybe you feel overwhelmed and think to yourself, what the hell am I doing? Believe me, I know exactly how you feel. There's been so many times in the past where I wish I had someone walk me step by step, letting me know if I was doing the right thing and that I wasn't crazy. I really believe that you have the potential to turn your ideas into reality and create a freedom lifestyle. But you do need a plan that will ensure your success right from the beginning. That's why I'm so happy to say that I will be launching a membership club that will not only allow you to learn valuable skills that will help you land the perfect remote jobs, but also get support from experts who will help you reach your goals. If you want to achieve incredible things and be part of a supportive community that can help you thrive, go to theoffbeatlife.com slash membership for more details. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here for our extended interview with Carmela where she's going to share how to navigate remote working as a person of color. Hey Carmela, how are you? Hey Debbie, thanks for having me. So before we get to all of your insights on this uh, topic today, (laughs) can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Sure. Um, So I live an offbeat life because I love to travel. I love intentional living and being able to just really work on the things that I'm passionate about, but also explore the world at the same time. So being able to do that definitely, I think, qualifies me into the offbeat life community um, to be able to live and work remotely and travel and work in the nonprofit space is just a, a true gift. And I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, you have a really interesting story. And if you guys check out the full interview that we have with Carmela, she's going to tell you more about that, which I love. So Carmela, let's talk about this, right? So you're Filipino, I'm Filipino. And most of the time, the remote workers I see for Filipinos are like VAs and they're in the Philippines, but you don't normally see them traveling the world. And for the most part, we see that with a lot of like white Americans or Europeans that do this. I always step back when I see all of like, I don't want to blame white people for anything because it's like it's not (laughs) their fault but it's just I feel like a lot of times we have this thing where we're like well it's other people it's not us so in a lot of ways it's us okay Mm -hmm. so yeah but for you and for me for other people who are people of color who are black there's a surge happening now and I think Mm-hmm. We're we're getting to the point where we're like, okay, why can't it be us too? And now we're seeing more and more people like us doing this as well. So how can somebody actually navigate through this when, <laughs> when it's just like, you know, you you know, we talked about this, like you don't really see anyone in your family who have done this. You're not really encouraged, you know, as Filipinos, we're mostly encouraged to be nurses. So yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how do you do this? <laughs> yeah, it's something that I, I mean, I honestly haven't completely figured it out, but I feel like in the past five plus years of remote work, uh, there's just so there's so many layers to it. Um, I think 
I mean, the first one is just the risk, the, 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 to, be, to being able to take the, the risk and have the courage to, to do this kind of work and have this kind of lifestyle, um, I think requires a lot of internal, like, why? Like, why am I doing this? Because then when you have a strong sense of self and why I'm living this kind of remote work nomadic life, like, then when you have a family coming up to you like, oh, like, when are you going to like come back? Like, when are you going to, you know, live like a, a quote unquote normal life? It helps like during those conversations and just to be able to not have them have it make you feel bad um, and just make it more of like a positive sentiment. Because I think just having that script ready um, is definitely something. And this is just all kind of stuff like pre-trip or like when you go back home. But I think on the flip side, you know, that may be coming from like the titos and titas, but at the same time you have these like nieces and nephews and younger cousins looking to you being like, oh, look at, look at Tita. She's like doing this cool stuff. Like maybe I can do that too. So kind of having the balance of, you know, knowing that you have to defend what you're doing, but then also that you could be the person inspiring your younger generation to do the same thing is kind of like helping, you know, it's the, the balancing of being able to to be that person. But I think kind of going into the spaces where we're not represented, but, you know, just because there's not a lot of people who do this yet. I think a lot of it is just really going there, like being there, like being uncomfortable in that situation. I mean, I think for a lot of us, we're used to being the only Filipino person in the room. And so I think a lot of that really is just taking the courage to be like, well, I'm in this space too now. And this is my story. This is what I do. And then creating that space. And I think the other thing I like to look at positively is a lot of times I travel in Asia. And so I look more often like the people in the country that I'm visiting versus the people that are nomads. And so I actually want to use that to my advantage. So not advantage in like a taking advantage kind of way, but really I now realize it helps me connect with locals more because they're, I think, more willing to relate to someone like me just because I look like them or just because I have, you know, we have like a similar background. My family's from the Philippines. They're from Cambodia. Like we kind of like have a similar geographically. We're like ethnically more similar. So there's, a, you know, that kind of breaks a barrier and helps me connect with locals, I think, on a deeper way than if I were of another race. So those two things, like just really having a strong sense of self and then having the courage to go out in the space and take it up and not just feel like you have to be on the sidelines because no one else looks like you. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that you had said is we are usually the first one in our family to be able to mm -hmm. do this. And it's kind of crazy how we do have to defend what we're doing and we do have to let them know, listen, this is sustainable just because we are not going to an office doesn't mean we can't make money from this. And hopefully one thing that will come out from COVID is that a lot of people of color, even people who are not of color, who want to do this lifestyle and they have to keep explaining, people are able to understand why this is a sustainable lifestyle because you can work from your office, from your house, mm -hmm. from a different country and still right. create money. And if anything, I think it's actually more stable because we have so many different options and ways of creating income from it. Yes, for sure. And yeah, being a remote worker makes you way, way, way adaptable. Like I've had to pivot and change and figure stuff out, you know, at a faster rate than if I had a traditional job. So I think that's definitely a strong soft skill to have and to be able to have that and understand the value of that is I think really, really, really important. 
Yeah. And I also do have to say for people of color, people who are black, it's I think in a lot of ways we underestimate ourselves. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. why there's more people who are white who's out there. And I never look at it in that sense in terms of this. It's like it's just you like we need to stop underestimating ourselves. That's why there's not enough of us doing it, because there's people of color living in the United States who has the same types of privileges, you know, and we shouldn't look at it in that way. Like we can't do this. You just need to take that leap. You know, if that person can do it, you can, too, if you just set your mind to it. And so I think it first comes from us. Mm-hmm. you know and then we can control that because if we keep putting that on to other people like you're never going to do anything about it because you're always going to be led by you know fear and it's like oh well it's that it's not me so it's like let's look at ourselves first and then if that's not what it is and look outside so I think we definitely need to be out there more and I think that's yeah. that's so important like we just need to be out there we need to have our stories heard and in order for us to do that we just have to <laughs> have a louder <laughs> voice come on guys yeah. let's do this <laughs> yeah and that's, and that's what I love about what uh, your podcast and you know just being someone who you know has been admiring what you're doing for so long. I think it's great that you are giving people like me, giving people a voice. Because I think that also happens in that when you don't see anyone who kind of looks like you, you kind of like write stuff off. Um, But to be someone who is a person of color and then also using your platform to elevate other people, I think that's super important too, to be able to, you know, just reach out to other people who you know have potential or you know have the skills, but just don't have the opportunity. I mean, I think that's what we all are. That's what my like mission is in life is to create opportunity for those people who just don't have it. And I think that's what I love about what you're doing. So that's, I admire and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so important that we really share each other too, like each mm-hmm. other's successes and how we were able to get to the point where we are. Because even you in our family, like we have, like you said, we have nieces and nephews and brothers and sisters and cousins and even older adults who are looking at us like, oh my gosh, like if they can do this, I can do it too. And we're affecting the next generation. And that's so crucial to all of this. So if you stop yourself from doing something that you want to do, even if it's not remote working, if it's something completely different and you don't take that leap, you may be affecting the future generation because Mm -hmm. maybe they really follow you and they look to you for what they need to do with their life. So whatever you do, your actions that you're making in your life, you may not even know it could be affecting somebody else's and that could also lead them to either go forward or move back or stay where they are. So just think about that, guys. You may not know it, but you have a lot of impact and a lot of your voice needs to be heard and you need to be seen. Yeah. Do you mind me asking, like, how was it like for you when you first kind of took the remote work turn? Like, how did your family react (laughs) and everything like that? So my story is Carmela. <laughs> um, Sorry, I'm turning the tables a little bit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, so I pretty much my whole entire life, I did everything that like 
my parents told me I shouldn't do. Like they wanted to be a nurse. They wanted me to be a nurse. I didn't want to be a nurse. I was more of like the artistic kid. And I actually was thrown out of the house because I refused. I was like, I know I don't want to be a nurse. Like most of my cousins are nurses. Like that's not just a path I want to be in. So I totally, for like it was like 17 or 18. And I was like, no freaking way. Like that's not me. Like I have huge respect for my family who are in the medical field field obviously like everyone sees like how important they are but I knew it wasn't for me and then throughout my whole like 20s I did everything that was just out of the like I was a photojournalist I wasn't you know I was a photographer I was an art teacher like everything in the arts that you can think of so I think at some point my family and my parents finally realized that they really couldn't tell (laughs) me how to like stay in the path that they wanted me to be in and honestly like I'm so lucky because they finally understood and yeah I mean you'll still get you know Filipinos Asian families any immigrant families you'll still hear it here and there but for the most part they've accepted it and now my cousins because maybe from me they started traveling like I was the first one in all of my cousins and my family who was traveling and then my my cousins now are travelers. One of my cousins is even a producer for NBC. So, Whoa. yeah, so it's it's amazing. So this is why I'm saying to you, like, and for people who, who are listening to this, like your action, even if it's just one thing that's different from what your family's norm is, can impact so many people. So now I have a cousin who's an, a producer for NBC. I have two other cousins who are pastry chefs, another one who's going to be going to film school. So it's, yeah, it really ripples through, guys. So don't underestimate yourself. <laughs> for sure. And it's, I, we laugh and we, we talk about the our stereotype but it's it's so true like I you know there's no like way around it I kind of laugh whenever I hear a new person say like yeah nurse be a doctor my one um pizza like since I was young because I was just I was good at school like that was just like I I could do school she's like you have to become a doctor like that's you have to be a doctor (laughs) and like I faint when I see blood I was like I cannot be a doctor I am the worst person to be a doctor I will faint like I wouldn't even get through the school. Like I would just be terrible. So I think, yeah, that's definitely a part of the um, like self like realization of like what you're good at, what you're not good at, what yep. makes you pass out, you know? So, <laughs> um, and yeah, to this day, I think, you know, my, my teacher's like, I don't know, 80 now. And she's like, so it's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't become a doctor, but um, I just, I kind of laugh at that. Cause it's definitely something that you have to kind of like realize um, or, or not. I mean, the thing is, like, I have a lot of my a lot of my cousins are nurses, and they're amazing nurses. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, maybe this this is what you should be doing. Like, my yeah. one cousin is she she's they're all amazing, especially now. So, um, but yeah, it's really just understanding what you're good at and what you're not, um, yeah. and then figuring that out for sure. And not being afraid to say no. And that's the thing. Honestly, for me, it's I'm so glad that I didn't give in and just mm-hmm. started doing what other people wanted me to do and honestly like I probably would have been an okay nurse because I'm not afraid (laughs) of blood but like yeah I just knew it wasn't something for me and it's so funny that you're saying that you're tita so tita means aunt for for anyone who (laughs) so I'm so glad that your tita told you to be a doctor because most of the time so when I was like being 
you know, led into nursing. I'm like, why not a doctor? Why are we always <laughs> told to be a nurse? If I'm going to go through all that schooling, I would rather yeah. be a doctor anyways. I'm like, why yeah. are we selling? <laughs> See, even that, I'm like, why are we selling ourselves short? Like, why yeah. can't we go further? <laughs> My I parents know. hated that, of course. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> That's so, I actually never realized that. That yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. She did it. I think it's mostly because I, I, in both my, I, I don't know if it's the town or my family grew up in, but like both my mom and dad's side, it was just the expectation that the eldest born mm-hmm. was a doctor. And so I don't know if that's a that's a thing anywhere else, but like for our families, like that was like you know you're the eldest, you're the doctor. <laughs> and so my on my mom's side, my aunt's a dentist. On the other side of my aunt is like a general like practitioner, and they've been doing that for years. And that's largely why our family was able to come to the US but like yeah it's just I you know I'm I guess I'm now realizing how much of a a gift that was and like all that to say like what you're saying how your parents like you know you kind of have always been like offbeat throughout your life and so they got used to it and I think the same is true for my parents like I was supposed to be a teacher when I was in college I was going to be a math teacher because I was really good at math and then there was one point where I was like I don't know if I want to be a math teacher like I want to like you know, be an activist and like change the world. I was like super delighted and idealistic in college. And I guess I am still to some degree. But when I told my parents that, I guess when I was 20, I mean, I think by the time I was 25 and said I didn't want to work at an office, they're like, okay, great. (laughs) And they like, they totally supported it. But it definitely took like dosages of, um, you know, showing them that like, I'm not going to lead a really conventional life. Yeah, it's so crazy because I think a lot of that times like our parents and our grandparents and aunts and uncle do still have that mentality when they were back in the old country and you have to do things to survive. And Mm -hmm. we have a new privilege being in the United States, you know, in any first world countries, as they say, to really have an option now. And Mm -hmm. if you are from a family of immigrants, and I know how hard this is, and I'm an immigrant myself, you know, I wasn't born here. It is a huge responsibility that's placed on your shoulders to constantly be better than what your parents were, because obviously they went through so much hardship to get us here, you know, to make our lives better. And I know how hard that is. And it's probably putting a lot of pressure on you, but also Mm -hmm. don't lose yourself in all of it. Because I told my parents this, I was like, you worked really hard for us to be here. I understand that. But you also want me to be like the best that I can be and not just be the best that I could have been in the Philippines. You know, now we need to take this up another level. Like, what else can I be like? How can I make my life better than just what the norm was? And I think once I explained that to them, not the first time, of course, (laughs) (laughs) I think they finally understood. And they're like, you know, this is really why we did this. So you can have a better life. And if that means you live the life that you want to live, then that's what we set out to do. And we actually did it. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's it's pretty interesting when you talk to families who are you know immigrants and came from an immigrant family or immigrants themselves it's it's a huge burden that's definitely placed on us for sure because it's like you hear the stories your parents went through and you're like oh my god right I'm proud like for sure yeah no I could not agree more I think there's a lot of that I mean some of it's imposed but then some of it's internal like you Mm -hmm. see like 
you know, what they had to do when they first got here, the struggles, the culture shock. And then you're like, man, I really, I need to like be, I need to do this good. I need to like really make it out. And then, you know, there comes the point where you realize as long as you're kind of doing your best to live to your full potential, like that's the best you can do. And that's really going to like make them proud. And, you know, I think the thing that I'm trying to do to like level up, I don't know if that's ever going to, or how, I don't know how that's going to (laughs) happen. Kind of taking it full circle, like you know, people, uh, you know, are like Kababayans in the Philippines, like are are people who are are from the Philippines and are still there. Like, how can we help them? Like, that's mm-hmm. an, a question I, I think of all the time because it's like one of my favorite places to go to. And you know, I know there's a lot of struggle and a lot of hardship, and I know this is like completely deviating, but you know, just how do we kind of continue to kind of bring positivity bring potential to people who don't have the opportunities like we have because it is a privilege like you said and it's just a question I think about all the time and you know we'll hopefully figure out one day yeah and I'm so glad that we are kind of leading this first wave of Mm -hmm. you know people of color you know as Filipinos ourselves like people want to see us succeed because then they know that it can be done too and I think that's really part of why we all do this is to give each other voices and also give each other a platform to stand on so that it's not so hard for the next generation to be able to do this. And I'm just so glad to see someone like you, Carmela, and other, you know, women and men out there who are really doing their part to to really have their voices heard. So I'm so glad that you and I are part of it as well. Yeah, I'm, it's, I kind of laugh to myself because um, I don't know if you experience this, but when, um, you know, you're growing up and your parents see someone who's Filipino somewhere else, like where there's not a lot of Filipinos, they always are like, oh, they're Filipino, we need to talk to them and like, you know, <laughs> see what they're all about. Like, oh, that's so cool that, you know, they're here too. And, you know, it ha- I feel like it happens if you're in a restaurant or if you're in an office setting, like you see one other Filipino, you like, auto- like my parents automatically would want to make that yeah. connection. And then, like, I find myself doing the same thing. I'm like, oh, Debbie, she has a podcast. She's Filipina. I need to talk to her. <laughs> and so I think I'm just, I laugh to myself because I'm like, wow, I guess it is a thing where you kind of just, like, you know, you know there's that relatability. You know there's that level of understanding that we both have. We grew up in similar, maybe not, like, obviously not exactly the same, but similar circumstances. So it's it's great to kind of be able to share space with someone who's had that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's true. My parents and my aunts and uncles, every time, it doesn't matter where we are, they see another Filipino. They're like, oh my God, I'm like, cool. Yeah. Like, what, what province are you from? And like, when did you come here? And it's, <laughs> it's, I now, like, and then when I travel now too, I do the same thing. Like, you see another Filipino and you're like, oh, where, like, where, where? Like, who, like, who are you? Where are you from? Like, you're doing this too. Um, and like, it's great. And you kind of like, you see each other from across the room and you kind of like, you both have that mutual awareness. This happens. This has happened like all over the world when there's that one other person and you're like, oh, you do? And then there's that like excitement and camaraderie, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I know. I love that. And I'm so glad that we have that com- comfort <laughs> with each other, right? So it's yeah. always fun to do that. Well, thank you so much, Carmela, for speaking with us today and telling us about your experiences. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? They could find me so a couple ways. My partner and I have a blog that we joke that we update every other year since we started <laughs> it in 2012. That is norongturns.com and on all the social media. But for flight, the organization I run, um, our website is takeflight.org and that's F-L-Y-T-E. And we're also on social with that same that same handle. Perfect. Thank you so much, Carmela, for being here with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Debbie. So glad to be here. 
I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Carmela. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview where she shares how she has been able to empower youth through travel. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life. I'll talk to you soon.